Okay, let's get into Parsha's bow. This week's cheer is sponsored uh, by Arthur and Linda Cook and family. We thank them for the sponsorship. Parsha's bow t- starts off, off, of course, with the last three makos. And let's talk a little bit about makas choshech. Makas choshech. The Pazik tells us in Perak um, Yud, Pasach of Aleph, the description of the of the Makav, Yom Hashem Amoshe, Nitei Yodcha Lashemayim, spread your hand out to the heavens, Vihi Choshech Al Eretz Mitzrayim, and there will be darkness, Vihyamesh Choshech, and it will be able to be felt, Vihyamesh Choshech. Vayyeh Moshe Es Yadu Al Hashemayim, he spread out his hands, Vihi Choshech Afeila, Bechol Eretz Mitzrayim, darkness, Shloshes Yamim, three days, Lo Ro Ish Es Achiv, Lo Kamu Ish Mitachtav, nobody could move, they couldn't see, they couldn't stand up, Shloshes Yamim, Shloshes Yamim, and Bnei Yisrael had plenty of of light. Rashi quotes here the reason why Choshech was brought. V'lama hevi alehem Choshech in Pasuk Chavez. Why was this mark of Choshech brought? Asked Rashi. Shehayu bi Yisrael ba'uso hador rishayim because they were rishayim wicked amongst Bnei Yisrael. Actually, four fifths. V'lohaya wrote some letters. They didn't want to go out. Amazingly, amazingly, they maybe they had the slave mentality. They didn't think Hashem had the koach. And those four-fifths of the nation died during the three days of darkness. So that the Egyptians will not see all the death of all these Jews, the Yomru of Himlokum Kamonu, and think that, oh, they're also getting uh, a mock on them, and that would undermine, and therefore... That's why we have the Mak of Choshech. Number one, Vaod, and number two, Rashi quotes two different reasons. Shetafsu, Shechipsu Yisrael, Veratu Eskaleim. Bnei Yisrael searched and they saw all the assets and all the kalim that the Mitzrayim had in their cupboards. Ukshiyatsu, Vayisholen Mehen. And when they were leaving and they needed kalim for the road, Vahayu Omrim, Ein Biadino Klum, the Mitzrayim says, Sorry, we don't have any. Omer Lo, Ani Reisa Bevesacha. They said, No, no, I, I saw you do have. I saw what's in the cupboard. It's in such and such a spot. And therefore, so that B'nai Yisrael would be able to know where the properties are, that's why also the Makah of Choshech was brought upon uh, the Mitzrayim. Asks the Eish Tamid, asks Rav Druk, um, a number of questions, four questions specifically, on the on the Makah of Choshech and this Rashi. In source number one, line number five, Madua Rak Bemakazu Hiksha, why Dafka Rashi here out of all the Makos? Right? This is Maka number nine. Why out of all the Makos he only asks here, Lama Hevi Aleim? Why did Hashem bring this Maka? Velo Hiksha came to Shahar Makos, and he didn't ask it by the other Makos. Lama Hevi Aleim Dam, Velama Hevi Aleim Tsvardeya. Rashi did not ask, why Dam, why Tsvardeya? The Midrashim, there are Midrashim about it. But why Dafka here? Madua Dafka Bemakazu Niska Lahakosh Kush Yuzu. Earlier on line eight, Rashi says, The Medrash goes through each one, uh, affecting their their uh, water system and accepting their their cattle. Avol Tamua, but Rashi Dafka Hikshakan Yosimisharamakas Lama Hevi Aleim. So why Dafka here does Rashi quote this reason and ask this question? Number one, number two, line eleven. Od Yeshla Ayin Ma Pesher Hakushya. And number two, the question, why did he bring in on them? And, and what were some of his reasons about us? Why are the Muslim getting makos? Because they're getting a punishment. Because of what they did to Klai Yisrael for 210 years. 
It's punishing them. It's a fulfillment of the promise of the is part of that. What's the question? That's obvious. What's the reason? Because it's part of the punishment. So what exactly was... Uh, is the is the question. So number one, why Dafka ask it here? Number two, what exactly is the question? We know it's part of the Onesh. Number three, on line 17, and what's the answer? So what do we say so far? Why do you ask it? What exactly is the question? Now what's the answer? The Mitzrayim were punished so that they wouldn't see the Jews dying. Is this enough reason? If there was no other reason to punish the Mitzrayim, they didn't do anything wrong. It was just that we don't want them to see the Jews dying. Is that enough of a reason to give them such a makkah? So there was some Risham amongst Israel that had to die. So what does that have to do with the Mitzrayim? Why did the Mitzrayim have to suffer for that? They have to suffer for their own actions. But why should they have to suffer just because some Jews have to die? Right? Do they deserve that? It should be because of the punishment. Question number three. Unbelievable. Number one, why does Rashi ask it here? Number two, why don't say because they were punished? Number three... <laughs> Why not? Why does the fact that the Jews died have anything to do with the Mitzrayim being punished? Number four, line 24. Just, what's the second reason? So that they can get presents. Right? Hashem had to bring the whole Makkah of Choshech so that the Jews could see, and then you have this whole conversation. They say they don't have anything, and the Jews said, I saw. Right? There could have been an easier way for Hashem to allow the Jews to get the Kalim. Let the Jews find favor in the eyes of the Mitzrayim. They won't lie. Why do you have this charade? Right, earlier it said that we would find Chain Ha'am. And here it's only because of the Makav Choshech they would give us the Kalim. So what exactly is going on here with this Rashi and the Makav Choshech? And says the Eish Tamid, are you so Gadol in all the Makos? And really, all the miracles that have happened uh, to our enemies throughout the uh, centuries. Says the Eish Tamid, Venira Lomar. He starts by quoting the Mishnah in Perkeyavos. Asara Nisim Nabosel of Asenu Bimitzrayim. There were ten Nisim that we know took place, and the Mefarshim explain. Shahanes Haya Shahamakos Mitzrayim Hayurak Eitzel Hamitzrayim. Velo Eitzel Yisrael. The Iker root of the Nisim weren't just that they were miracles, but they were miracles that differentiated between the Jews and the Egyptians. That's the Yisod. 
because if it was just a miracle that affected the whole world, it wouldn't have had the same teeth, it wouldn't have the same hashpah. Biyasod ha'inyan, he explains. Shebemakos mitzrayim, milvad ha'onesh lemitzrayim, besides the onesh, that they were punished for what they did, hayabazet inyan nosav shel persim emunath Hashem ba'olam. Right, there's the emunah that was publicized, right, the three different sukkim, the Ramban points about, talks about this. Kemosh nemer lamanteda kil ani Hashem bekerev ha'aretz, and kamoni b'chal ha'aretz, all the different sukkim. If the maka affected all, meaning if all, let's say, water in the whole world changed to blood, the Mitzrayim would have said, Oh, this is what happens every couple thousand years. Right, there's a mabel, uh, water flows upstream. If something happens to the whole world, and there's no differentiation, so maybe this is a natural occurrence. This is a tsunami. That wouldn't reflect emuna. Only because they saw only because they saw it by the Mitzrayim, not by Yisrael. That is what created the emuna. The emuna was created by the fact that there was a hafrada, the fact that Bnei Yisrael were protected. It didn't happen to them, and it only happened to the Mitzrayim. That was how the Mitzrayim went into the went into the Yamsuf, according to this. Right? We know what does the Medrash tell us? Every yam, every water in the whole world split. Every bathtub split. Every river split. Mitzrayim saw that the whole world, right? They, 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 uh, it wasn't just the Yam Suf in front of them. How is it possible that they followed the Jews when they saw such a miraculous event? They, they felt all the Makos uh, they would live through. All the <coughs> ten makos. There's never been a miracle like this. You know what the problem was? Not the problem, but this is what a Baruch Hu decided. They thought this was natural. Kivan Shero They didn't see the Hafrata. They didn't see the separation. So they said, Oh, this is nature. This is nature. Hakimumaya Nivku Komemo Shabaolam. Heme Vinu Vito Batozu, they found this mistake. Sha'in Zenes Miuchar Babur Yisrael. They didn't think that El Dovar Tivi. Shemisrachish Atta Bachola Mayim Shabaolam. It happens to all the water in the in the world. Balachim Niklasu Achrem Layam, that's why they followed the uh, Mitzrayim, in, the the B'nai Yisrael into the Yam. The Imkhen Yishlomer, so too here. The, not just that the Makos happened, but the Emuna of the Pirsim of the Makos was because they knew that the Jews weren't getting the Makos. Their animals weren't dying. They weren't getting locusts. They weren't getting Arbe. Um, um, all, all of them. You could explain it all, but the problem is that it was separated. It was separated between the Jews and the non-Jews. Line 30. So therefore, the Onesh was only, 
Meaning, if they would recognize that it's an onesh, and if they would think the whole world is getting it, then there wouldn't be an onesh. They would just think this is this is darko shalolam every every couple thousand years. But if they think that it happens to everybody, they wouldn't they wouldn't realize it. It's now beautiful. Makas choshech. What makes makas choshech different than the first eight makos? What makes it harder for the Mitzrayim to realize that this is from Hashem? And that's why Rashi exactly asks it here. Because they couldn't move. And they couldn't see. So they have no idea whether it's happening by the Jewish people or not. And all, for all that they know, it's happening all over the world. And therefore, this, this can't just be a punishment for them because they wouldn't recognize that it's a punishment. What did they think? Okay, the lights turned down in the world. Right? It must be Choshech all over the world. So then what's the purpose of the Maka? If they're not going to realize it's from Hashem, top of the next page. That's why Rashi has to ask, so what's the purpose of this Maka? Right? Of course they're getting punished, but this isn't serving that punishment, that, uh, that toeles, because they don't see. So what does Rashi say? It's because the Jews uh, that are going to die during that time said so they won't see them. There's another toeles. But then he says even deeper, the second shot. The second shot. What's the second shot? When they're about to leave. Instead of just having the Jews find favor in the eyes of the Mitzrayim, it's dafka done in a way that the Mitzrayim deny, and the B'nai Yisrael have to say, no, I saw, I saw. Shekol ha'amun ha'shalam du me'am makos ha'yisar rakashar ho'yim Mitzrayim rakas ha'im na'anashim. Avalim ra'u she'yisrael mesu ha'aret l'mafriya ya'apsed kol inyan makos. If they saw that the Jews would be dying in makos choshech, so that would undermine everything from before, and that's why... They had to see that, number one. But then he says, beautiful, line 20. The second time, Sha'afi Makas Choshech, later on, when they realize that the Jews know where their stuff is, what does that mean? What does that show? That the Jews had lied in Makas Choshech. If they had lied in Makas Choshech, so Lemafre, retroactively, even Maka number nine is an Onesh now. Sha'afi Makas Choshech, no Dolam Ashkachaso Ba'olam. They know Ashkacha. Va'amnam lo b'sha'as ha'maka. Avala Not during the Maka, but afterwards, Kasher bo Yisrael l'shol es kalehem. When B'nai Yisrael come, oz nisparsim lahem l'mitzriyim. Sharak etzlam ha'yachoshech. Below Eitzel Yisrael. It was only by the Jew, by the Mitzriyim and not by the Jews. And that's how they know. Shari Yavinu. They will understand then. Mehechan yodeya ha'yisraeli. Hechan munakli ha'mitzri. How did the Jews know that? Yavinu. Sha'achoshech ha'yarak etzlam. Below Eitzel Yisrael. And therefore, that's the Pshat of Rashi. These two days of Rashi explain why, A, the emuna of the earlier Makos would have been undermined if they saw that the Jews were dying. So that was part of their Onesh from earlier. <coughs> Number two, even Machas Choshech, that's why the charade took place, and Hashem didn't just find, uh, show the Jews to find favor in the eyes of the Mitzrayim. Okay, so that gets us started. Makas Choshech, in a whole new light, how it's different than all the other uh, Makos previously. If we continue looking in the um, Parsha now, we have in Parakut Beis, right, we have Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, again, we have Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and Kriyas Yamsuf and uh, Maimon Harsinai, 
Uh, but we have, uh, I'm going to go a little out of order, and then we're going to uh, come back to the beginning of Parakid Bays. Uh, but there's a fascinating thought by Rabbi Yerucham that I wanted to do here. And that is, we had, know that the, the halacha for Pesach Mitzrayim had differences than Pesach Lodoros. One of them was you're not allowed to leave the house, not allowed to go out of your door. Um, and number two, you have to be ready to go. Right? Lo says, he boker, no sar, and Pesach yud aleph. This is how you have to be um, eating the carbon Pesach, ready to go as part of the Geula. Your loins should be girded, meaning your belt should be on. Your shoes should be on. Your walking stick. Eat it quickly. Eat it quickly. Right, quickly. Quickly. It's a Pesach. And therefore, um, it's you have to uh, not not be uh, lackadaisical about it. So it's interesting. They, they, they ate it with their shoes, with their coats on. They ate it with their coats on, about to leave. It says Rabbi Yerucham, why is this? Why Dafka with their coats on, ready to leave Mastechem Chagurim? So it's a beautiful mashal. Uh, well, first, look at Rashi. First, Rashi, Mastechem Chagurim Mizumanim Laderech. Ready to go, ready to go on the, um, ready to go on the derech. Says Rabbi Rucham, in a new set that uh, I just got, Lasitcha Elyon, new uh, Likut of uh, contemporary thoughts. Quotes from Rabbi Rucham, and then a, uh, a story from, uh, from Rev, um, uh, we'll see another one of the great Gedolim from the Chazon Yecheskel. Says Rabbi Rucham, there are two ways that somebody can get ready for a trip and be ready for a trip, and there's a difference between using modern terms getting a ride, let's say, with a wagon or with a car, and getting a ride with a train. He's Machalik. Line three. Kisha'adam mazman agala. When a person orders a wagon, again in the days of Rabbi Yerucham, mishum shumun yel darko. The wagon is going to pick him up and give him a ride somewhere. Hu makdim lahachin atatzmo, liosmuchan abuzum alaboa. Right, he gets ready, and um, he gets his suitcases ready for when the when he took, the time comes. Mechshah shabalago lo yaskim laham tinaburo vavarachanosav. Right, if I call the wagon, and then I'm going to say, okay, I have to go start packing, they're not going to, not going to wait for me. Lomrosos, but hachanas kalos kamo lubosh meil. Do I have to get my coat on before the wagon comes? When the wagon comes, no, he'll wait two minutes. Right when he comes, you know, I'll, I'll put my coat on. I'll get my walking stick. That's okay. Even after the wagon comes to, out of my house, he could wait those few moments. I'm sure. Shahaagalon. Yachake alav zman mor kazet. He'll wait a little bit. Bo yisaderes hadvarim haktanim ha'elu. He's okay to wait for the few moments for this. Aval, but says of Yerucham, kujumatin l'rakavet. If you're waiting for a train, if you're waiting at the platform for a train, the train's not going to wait for you. As lo yasher shum hachan l'rega achron. You don't wait when the train comes. Okay, then I'll put my shoes on. Then I'll put my coat on. Then I'll go up the escalator. Who ochel b'shosem ibon moed? I eat earlier. Umislabeshim kolam abushim. Lerabos meil v'nalayim avilu makla biyado. I have everything. The doors are only going to be open for a minute. If I don't get on the train, I'm going to miss it. Kachu omed muchan leboa. I get ready. Bu afilu miskari lumasilas habaris. I come close to the track. Kedei lo la acher lerega likanis lerakeven, so I don't delay. Biyivado shaharakeven otzer lezman katzar. Right, the train only stops for a little bit of time. Vimlo yizdares yafsid. I'm going to lose. I'm going to have to wait for the next Rakevet. So there's a difference 
Fascinating to think about between waiting for a wagon and waiting for a train. The Medrash Mavuar and it even Medrash in talks about certain Amoraim that wanted to be Nikbar with their walking stick, uh, right? Get, getting ready for, for Mashiach when the Mashiach come, but I want to be ready. I want to be ready. But says Rabbi Yerucham now, that's the Soda of Geula. Mao Kolhen, Yan line four, Zelmi Kari Soda Geula, Sheberega Ba Ita Achishena. The second it happens, it happens. Ein Shumi Kuvim, Vakol Dalui Baham Tanavatzipia. It's all, we have to be ready. We have to be right there. Zeot Vila Seinu, Alkena Kava Lacha Hashem Alokenu, Liros Mehera, Bisaferos Uzacha. When it happens, it's going to be Mehera quickly. Zuak Damal Geula. The more we're ready for it, Hashem doesn't want to send us the train if we're not uh, ready at the uh, at the station, right? We discussed in the past, right? The Chavetz Chaim, Parshas Baloscha, probably many years ago. Parshas Baloscha, it says that Hakadosh uh, Baruch appeared to Moshe and Aaron pitom, pitom suddenly. So the Chavetz Chaim, and what is it, and what does the Chazal say there at the end of Baloscha that Moshe, and Aaron, Miriam, and Aaron were running Mayim Mayim, where's Mayim? Because Hakadosh Baruch appeared to them without any achana. Right? And uh, Hashem was teaching them that that's why Moshe is different. Moshe is different because I appear to him, I talk to him all the time, and he talks to me. And therefore, he has to, always has to be in the state of Achana. That's why he has to be Porish Bena Isha. But the Chavetz Chaim, I think, quotes the Pasuk in Malachi, though it says Pitom, that Mashiach is also going to come, Pitom is going to come in a second, and we have to be ready. And that's why he said we have to learn Kachim, and we have to have the, uh, the expectation and waiting. Yoshevu Mitzap and Masayavo. So says the. Says the uh, Chavetz uh, Chaim, that's the future Geula, says Rabbi Rucham, that was the original Geula also. Zui Asiba, Shekal and Yoni, Etzias Mitzrayim, Nasul Hadi Bechipazon. That's why the first Geula, which has in it the root of all Geula, right, that's why it was done Bechipazon. Omdim Nitzavim, they were standing there, Masneim, Chagurim, their belts on, Nalem, Baraglehem, their shoes on, Makalam Biadam, with their sticks. This is the introduction for all Geula. Leos Pachana Shlema Bechal Haprati Prati Prati Shagula Vadaim Yadva. It's coming. That's the nature of Geula. It's until it comes. We're waiting a Chakelo, but the second that it comes, it happens quickly. Bischus Emuna Bihirazu Zachu LeGeula Ubiladi Kolela Ein Kolchele Geula. If we don't have this, we're not going to have a Chelix. That's what Rabbi Yerucham writes here, quoted here in the Ulusidcha Elyon. And just to add on to that, he adds a story of Rabbi Yechezkel Abramsky. One year, the Chazon Yechezkel, the great Mashkiach, the wrote his commentary on uh, the Tosefta. One time during Rosh Hashanah davening, he started crying. He started crying more than the normal, more than the normal that he usually cried. And Adavar Hayelapela, Ulechide Beinikulam. Nobody knew why Davka this year. Why Davka this year? Ulaacharat Fila Nigash Hamashkiach. Lugadaya Eisman. He went to ask him. You know what? What exactly was this Bechiyah? Says Rabbi Cheskel Abramsky, "Bashanazu ala avar kotel maravi lide yoshve arzeno akadoshem yadish meilim." It must have been 1967 when they got the kotel. We got the kotel back. We got Harabayis back. But to achayisi shahashana odnizke lahakriv karen pesach. But feeling the euphoria that we felt then, we felt the Mashiach was coming. We felt that it was it was going to happen. And he says he learned all of Hilchos karen pesach cold. Because he was ready. He wanted to do it. And now it's Rosh Hashanah. Now it's a new year. And Mashiach didn't come yet. But he was ready. He was at the train station. He had his shoes on. He had it. He was ready. So that made a Roshem. We have to be ready. Maybe if we all learn Hilkos Kama Pesach very well before Pesach. Maybe if we all get ready and 
recognize that we have to learn everything, but including we have to learn in Yoni Kodshim and Beis Hamigdash. So we have to recognize that that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu was waiting for too. That was the original Geula, and that's what the future Geula is going to be um, as well. Okay. Moving right along, that was about the Geula. Yitzhia Spitzrayim. Now we'll talk about HaKadosh HaZelachem. HaKadosh HaZelachem, Perak Yud Beis. We'll spend a little while on this first Pasuk. So first words of Rav Salvechik, um, classic style, how he talks about the time awareness of a Jew, something that he talks about often in many of his writings, but here, this is the first mitzvah that we were given. First mitzvah is the calendar, the power of creating our calendar and our holidays. The first commandment they were given in Mitzrayim, which signaled the commencement of the liberation, was to mark time. Because that's the definition of a, of a free person. A Ben-Chorin sets his own calendar. A Ben-Chorin decides when to wake up and when to go to sleep and how to, what meetings he should have. A slave is relieved of mitzvot sasei man grama, of time-bound positive commandments, because a slave lacks time experience. To the slave, time is a curse. He waits for the day to pass. The slave's time is the property of his master. Right? He cannot choose. Right? He cannot choose what to do and make the most of his time. But, says Reb Salvechik, line 11, but time awareness of a Ben-Chorin has three parts. This time awareness or experience has three basic components. First, retrospection. Without memory, there is no time. Right? We build on where we've come from. Second, exploration or close examination of things yet unborn and the anticipatory experience of events not yet in being. Obviously, future. Third, appreciation or evaluation of the present moment as one's most precious possession. The greatest asset that we have is our time. Right, it's all summed up in the mission in Perkei Avos, as we know, and says, Rav Salvechik, no one is worthy of time awareness if retrospection is alien to him. He talks about each one. If we're not thinking about our past, we'll get back to this Hashem a little later too, if we're not thinking about our past, if we're not building on our past, our own personal past, and our own family's past, and our own nation's past, all of those, right? It's not worthy if he is incapable of reliving, recovering, and reproducing past experiences. Memory is not just the storehouse for latent impressions. There is living memory, which reproduces and re-experiences the past. Past events which are not re-experience belong not to history but to archaeology in most other religions it's just memory it's just remembering what was remembering what happened with the pilgrims remembering what happened with this fight and that fight and and this war and this victory there's no reliving there's no going back to the to the depths of the prior pain before the salvation the maskel biknusu besayim bishvach, right? That is not something that um, is is discussed. Indeed, the mitzvah of Sibritzias Mitzrayim does not exhaust itself in a historical review of bygone events that have vanished completely, right? That's not what it's about. It is more than that. It is a drama charged with emotion and tenseness, right? And participating in the pa- and participating in the past. Rabbi Akiva didn't just long live long ago. Says Rabbi Salvechik, when I think of Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Yoshua. Maimonides, I am not thinking about people who lived in antiquity or the Middle Ages. Their images have become part and parcel of me, of my eye awareness. Right, and that is what he says. Time awareness also contains a moral element. Responsibility for emerging events 
an intervention in the historical process. So now he goes to the present, not just the past, which we have to build on, but the present. The present is, what do I have to do? Responsibility for emerging events and intervention in this article. Man, according to Judaism, try to mold and fat. I'm sorry. First, the future. He said, a moral element to see what I want the future to become. And then turning over, to connect retrospection with anticipation, memory with expectation, <coughs> hindsight with foresight. One must cherish the present. Fleeting moment as if it represented eternity. Arab Salvechik writes elsewhere that he did not like the mamar that people say sometimes. Ha'havar ayin va'asid adayin v'yahovek heref ayin. Da'agamin ayin. You don't have to da'agav, you have to focus. You have to think about the present. It's not keheref ayin. Take advantage of it. Use every second. Judaism has a very sensitive approach to the present. Every minute is valuable. Every second precious. Says Rav Salvation, with a fraction of a second, one may realize or destroy hopes, visions, or expectations. We are extremely, and halacha is extremely time-conscious finding the present moment so important, right? The second the Shabbos starts and Zvan Kriyashma, time is of critical importance, not years or months, but seconds and split seconds. So what do we have? The first mitzvah that we have is to be in control of our time and to make sure uh, we mind our present, built on our past, and looking towards the future. Okay, we continue now with the Ksav Sofer on Achodesh Hazalachem. And we start off with the Medrash. The Medrash tells us on the Pasuk, Achodesh Hazalachem, which is recognizing Achodesh Baruch Hu in charge of not just Rosh Chadashim, but obviously the moon. Obviously the moon, Achodesh Hazalachem, Chazal tell us, Rashi quotes it, Her'aru Levana Bechidusha. Hashem showed Moshe the moon in its becoming new. When the moon becomes new, when there's a molid, Rosh Chodesh, and the and the Rashi continues. It says Moshe was miskasha a little bit because no, you can't see the moon. Niskasha Moshe Amol at Levana Beis a shear. How much of the moon? How much is the shear? Teira Evetiyeruil Lekandesh. How much is the shear? Veharalo Beetzbas Levana Berakia. As we mentioned often, based on Chazal, Ze always means you could point to it. Achodesh Zelochem Bneinu Zesorer Moreh Ze Hadavar Shetziva Hashem. So that clarity of vision, as Rashi quotes in the beginning of Parshas Mato, Ze, not just Ko. And he showed Moshe Rabbeinu, Amar lo kazeh re'e v'kadesh. Like this, the case that re'e v'chulu, and it continues. So says the Iksav Sofer that the Medrash connects this zeh from HaChodesh HaZalachem to Kriyas Yamsuf. The Medrash, kolam avare chodesh bizmano ki'ilu ro'e p'nei If you're makadesh the chodesh, mavare chodesh bizmano, what we call kiddush lavana, in its proper time, so it's keilu you saw Hakadosh Baruch Hu pnei Ashkina dechsev Hakadosh Azev dechsev zekeilivi anveyu as they they saw the pnei Ashkina uh, by Kriyas by Kriyas Yamsuf. So Mahakesha, what is the connection between Kiddush Lavana and Kriyas Yamsuf? Venerali Lefari says the great Sav Sofer ki amachishim bashgacha those who deny Hakadosh Baruch Hu's involvement in the world Omrim ki meisha bara Hakadosh Baruch Hu haolam meaz eno mashgiach. So those that believe that Kodesh Baruch Hu created the world, but he's not mashgiach anymore, 
There are those that believe that now the world just goes on autopilot, so to speak. Who created the world, but he's busy and he's doing other things. And we know Hashem created the world and every single second he wills it and continues its existence. is continued every second. Everything is always under Hashem's Every time the, the sun rises, every time the moon comes out, every time um, gravity works, every time every physical rule takes place, it's all because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is still willing it to take place. And that's what we say every morning, Yotzer HaMaoros. Velo Yatsar HaMaoros. Hashem is constantly being Yotzer. The sun and the moon and the stars and all the galaxies. Yotzer, it's present, not Yotzer that he did it. Ki Yotzer Kulam. Bechol Yom Tamid. Ki Ilu Achshav Yotzram. As if he did it now. Ki Akol Bashkachaso. Because everything is through his Ashkacha. And that's what the Diuk of the Medrash doesn't just say Kalam Mavarech Chodesh. Kalam Mavarech Chodesh Bismano. It's always Mavarech Chodesh in its proper time. What do you mean Bismano means now? Not just originally when Hashem created the world. Bismano means constantly, every month that we recognize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is recreating the orbits of the, uh, the, uh, the galaxies and the solar systems and the moon and the earth. Hainu Shemavarechim Lo Yisparach Shemo Kiu Machadish Ata Kekol Chodesh Pachad Every month, not what was originally. And if we do this, we go out and we dance. We even dance. Which mitzvah does the Shulchan Aruch quote to dance with besides Kiddush Levana? Right, the Kiddush Levana, I think, quotes from the, the Rabbeinu Bachai. And that's what we do by Kiddush Levana when we go out. We recognize this is just as nature, but every month when the moon uh, starts again that we could see it, we recognize this from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and we know he's still involved and still being Mechadesh every second. Where does this go back to? Where, would we, where did we see clarity and we continue to see the clarity? Kriyas Yamsuf. That's the Zeh. And that's why Ksiv, B'Shabas, and ultimately, Kriyas Yamsov was the high point. That was the clarity, as we know. Until they saw that there wasn't the ultimate emuna. Moshe had power, but once Kriyas Yamsov happened, they realized Zekeli. Zekeli, and that's the Zehachodesh Hazelachem. When we say to the moon, this is Akadosh Baruch Hu, it's going back and relating back to that Kriyas Yamsuf moment that we had. That's why says the Ksav Sofer, that's the Diuk of the Medrash, Bismano. Hachodesh Hazeshabo Yatsumi Mitzrayim. In this month, this is Rosh Hashim Aminim. You have to take this message that you saw in uh, that you're going to have in this month in Nisan on Shvi Shal Pesach 
and take that with you for the rest of your existence. And we're constantly in front of Hashem, able to say, Sofer likes that thought of his, that it's a true thought, the connection between those, those two. Okay. Uh, one final thought relating to this uh, this pasuk, as we mentioned from Rav Salvechek, we mentioned from Luxav Sofer, and now we have a thought that I think we mentioned back in the first year of the Parshish year, 14 years ago, but again, it's something that uh, is worth repeating and reviewing, and that's the Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, Emes Liyakov, based on the Ramban on this week's Parsha. We know the months of the year do not have names in the Torah, right? There aren't names in the Torah for the month. It's just the first month, the second month, the third month. We know some of the names are given to the Hebrew months in Navi, and especially in, uh, in Ksuvim. So we have, we know, uh, we have Adar, and we have um, Teves, and other, other months uh, mentioned in, in, uh, in, in, the, in Tanakh, but they're not Hebrew, right? We know they're Persian months. And the question the Ramban deals with already on our Pasuk is, so why don't we have any Hebrew months? When they came back from, for Baisheni, they kept these Persian months, right? Nisan, Ir, Sivan, Tammuz, these aren't Hebrew, right? Yerach, Ziv, there are other names in, um, in, in Tanakh also. But why is it? Why did they keep these? Why did they keep these? That's Rabbi Yaakov's question. After quoting the Ramban, who points it out? Shemos Chadashim Alu Imanu Mi Bavel. Right, these new these new names went up with us from Bavel. It's not like the Torah says, first month, second month, third month to Yitzias Mitzrayim, but it's names. Kimitchilo Lo Hayu Lahem Shemos Etzleinu. Avok Kasher Alinu Mi Bavel Chazanu Likra Chadashim Shnikram Ba'aretz Bavel. Lahaskir Kishem Amanu. So the Rabban says, you know why? It's because to remember that we used to be there in Galus. Umisham Ha'elunu Hashem Yisbarach Hashem brought us up and saved us. Ke'elu Shemos Nisan Iyar Sivan. All of these Shemos Parsiim. As we know in Ezra, Nehemiah, and in uh, Megillus Esther, those, um, those farms. So ask Rabbi Yaakov, so why? Why don't they just name it like they wanted to, the first by second by third month? Just like in the Torah, there are no names for days of the week, right? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, we don't have that. We have Yom Rishon B'Shabbos, Yom Sheni B'Shabbos, so every day counts towards Shabbos. So every month should count towards Yisrael Mitzrayim. Right, so why do we, did we accept, so to speak? Why do we keep using these these months? Some of these months even connect to uh, the Avodah uh, Okay, so why exactly uh, is it especially Loshinu Ashmam? So he said, I'll ask you a couple of other questions with all one big answer. We know the Gemara tells us in Yuma, based on the Pasuk in Chagai, that there were five things that were missing um, during the second base of Mignash that did not exi- that uh, existed in the first base of Mignash, including the Aron. Including the Aron, there was no Aron. The Kodesh Kadashim was empty during Vayishani. And they knew, according to the day that we Paskin like, that it was buried underneath the base of Mignash. Yoshio HaMelech buried the Aron under the base of Migdash, hundreds easier before the Chorban, because he didn't want it to be taken. So why did they bring it up? Why did they bring up the Aron? Right? They knew where the Aron is. Put the Aron in the Kodesh Kedoshim. The Nireh. Says the Rabbi Yaakov, he gives an answer, and then he says that it also answers three other questions. 
Even those at the time that built Bayesheni Yadu, they knew. They knew when they built Bayesheni that this was not going to be forever. They knew there was going to be a Bayesh Lishi. They knew. When they built Bayesh Rishon, they probably thought that was going to be forever. David and Shlomo, they thought this was going to be the base of Bayesh forever. Things didn't work out based on our own our own chatoim. But when they built Bayesheni, they knew. They knew it was just a, it was a, it was, wasn't even similar. Right? Remember, the Gemara tells us, based on the Pesukim, that the people who were old, the older people at the time of Bayesheni, remembered. They cried because they remember what Bayesheni, Bayesheni looked like. They knew this wasn't the ultimate gula. Remember, most Jews didn't even come back. They knew that, you know why Hashem brought them back? They needed chizuk. Before they had the thousands of years galus, they needed some chizuk. Because they couldn't, wouldn't survive. We would have lost our identity as Jews totally if we wouldn't have gone back for those 420 years. We should have been in Babel more until the ultimate Geula. Hashem saw that after 70 years, remember all the intermarriage that was taking place? We were already intermarried. It was clear. If we would be there for hundreds and thousands more years, then we would not be recognizable. We wouldn't be able to keep our identity. And there would be nobody to redeem. Lachain, he says, That's why Hashem brought us back. On a temporary measure, to give us chizuk before the long galus. We would be vaccinated. We would have strength to survive the terrible galus, and for everybody to remember this and to realize this, that we weren't redeemed, they didn't bring the Aaron back, because they wanted everybody to remember, this is not permanent, you have to get chizuk now, to take us for all the generations, and that's why they kept the months, they kept the Persian months to say, you're still in, we're still in Gaulus. This is not Geula ultimate. It's not even the first step. We're going to go into Gaulus again. That's why they did a few behaviors. They kept things going as if they were in Gaulus still. They weren't in geographical Gaulus. But they were in they were in theological galus and they were in um, you know the uh, they didn't have the ultimate geula redemption laharos shibemes tkufas galus bavla dainim sheches vabayin anivne einu alarai machmazed they kept the months chazru lik roshemas hachadashim b'shem shenikru b'bavel as the Ramban says and that's why they kept speaking Aramit lo chazru ladaver b'lashon hakodesh why didn't they go back to lashon hakodesh. Because that would have that would have showed that they're fully back, and that's why the Talmud Yerushalmi, fascinating, 
is written in Aramit, a different Aramit than, than Talmud Bavli, one that we're less used to, but they were in Yerushalayim. So why did Rabbi Yochanan write it in Aramit? Bishlamah ha-Bavli shenechta b'vavel nechta b'sfas ha-Medina. Aval ha-Yerushalmi shenechta b'Eretz Yisrael, madua nechta b'Aramis. Why was it written in that? Aval ha-Dvaredo natsazem ha-Tamanal. So that's why they kept the months, and that's why it was written in Aramit, and that's why they didn't bring up the Aron, and that's why even we know that Nevuas Yechezkel, he continues, Yechezkel Hanavi already prophesized right between by Yisrael and by Yishen, about what the what the ultimate base of English is going to be look like. So they didn't use those plans to build by Yishenim. So a, it could be because they couldn't understand them, right? It was very hard. Those Prakim and Yechezkel at the end, it's hard to know what they mean. Hard to know what they mean exactly how to build it. But number two, also they Dafka didn't use it because they knew that was going to be about by Yishlishi. That was going to be about the ultimate bias, which this one wasn't. This was a stopgap measure to give them chizuk, or else we would have totally uh, assimilated and not been able to continue <coughs> with our uh, identity. In the footnotes, Rav Yaakov, again, it wasn't in all editions, but in the, um, the edition that I have, uh, it's there that he writes that maybe um, a parallel idea could be uh, you see on the, in the footnote, in source number 11, part of it also, to add, was so that we could put Torah Shabbat Pet together. And the Yehuda Hanasi, because when we were in, we knew we would need Torah Shabbat Pet to be written down in the Torah Shabbat Sav, and the Hashkacha knew that if we would just stay in Golis, we wouldn't have been able to do it. We needed Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, we needed Rebbe. Centralized Torah for a little bit. It couldn't just be amongst the rabbis. And therefore, they made the Xeras and they put Mishnahis together and they made all of the the uh, rules about about uh, and Yain Esach uh, and all the others. And then he quotes that the, the Rav Yaakov said on many a number of occasions. And that's why we recognize that only four years <laughs> after the the greatest tragedy in the uh, quantitatively, qualitatively, the Holocaust, six million, uh, so much of our nation was killed. Just a couple of years later, we were able to have Jewish sovereignty in Eretz Yisrael for the first time in 2,000 years. It doesn't make any any sense, says Rav Yaakov. Hakamas Medinas Yisrael biyamenu shalach rachor benagodol v'hayeyush. Right, the 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 lack of any Jewish connection to so many Jews in the world. Hashem had to, had to give us something to be able to allow us to survive. To to strengthen the Jewish identity in the world. So it says Rabbi Yaakov Hachodesh Hazeh. Lachem, and that is what we needed. And that's why also he says in the next footnote in Source 19 that many of the names of the Tanam and Amarayim were Aram, Aramid names. They weren't Shemos Yehudim, right? You would think that uh, Marzutra or, or other other names, Dafka, even though Shaloshinu Shmam, it was Dafka, Dafka related to this as well. Okay. So moving right along now, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, Paro, Wants them out. And every uh, firstborn is smote. From the firstborn uh, of Paro. Paro gets up in the night. Everybody gets up. 
There was a great scream. There was no house. That there wasn't a mace. Every house had one. Right? Because we know Rashi tells us because not every person was faithful with their wives. And he calls to Moshe Aaron night. Go, get out. What's that word, Lila? It just said in the previous Pasik, Vayakam Paro Laila. We know exactly. And in the previous Pasik before that, Vahi Laila. So we know we're talking about Laila. So what's the extra word Laila? Vayikra Moshe Aaron Laila. At night, Rashi quotes Magachay Machazar al Pischeir. He was going around and looking. But so Hechan Moshe Sharui. Hechan Aaron Sharui. He was looking. He was looking. Says the Arachai Makadash. Picks up the word Lila. The Lila. Three Pshatim. Three Pshatim. <coughs> Number one. Tamaro Pambe's Lila. Ulai Lioski Chosh Paro. Bikriaso la Moshe. Shaloyetzi la Kriaso. He maybe Paro thought. Again, just Pashup Shad of the Psukim, as the, as the uh, Arachayim also often does. Right? Maybe Paro thought that Moshe would be nervous to come to the uh, his palace. Because of the last conversation that Paro had with him, Shamarlo al Tosif Reos Panai, don't come. Kibiyom Reoscha Panai Tamus. If you come, Tamus, uh, you are going to die. I don't want to see you again. So maybe Moshe would say he's calling me now, but then he's going to kill me. What does Paro say? What did he say earlier? Biyom al Tosif Reos Panai Kibiyom Reoscha. Paro says it's nighttime. Don't worry about my Xera. Pirish, Number one, Vizmanze Lailahu. One shot. Oh, Litzad, or similar but different. Litzad Shalalirapanav. It's nighttime, meaning I can't see you. Right? What did the Pasik say of the Xera of, of Aparo? Biyom Raoscha Panai. When we see each other. Right? Hu Omar Kihu Laila, Vein Kantainas, Altosev Raos Panai. Don't worry about it. Kihu Bamachshech, Velo Yira Ish Esachiv. Right, person that won't see their friend. Number two. And finally, a third idea, not really focused on Lila, but in the Pshat of the Pasik. O Yechavin Akasav Lomar, Shuvas Moshe Paro. When Moshe turns to Paro and says, I can't. Why? Hashem Tziva, Lotetsu Ishbi Pesach Besoad Boker. Maybe Paro knew about that. Right, right, I can't go out. I can't go out. I can't come to you. What does Paro say? Kumutsumi Tochami. Paro freed them at that moment. He made them free, right? From, but maybe Kumus from the Lashon of his Komumus going up, Nesias Rosh, right? So maybe Para was saying, you know what? I'm doing my best now. Right now, it's on you. Meaning, Mitzidi, you can leave. You're freed. Hashem is saying you can't leave, but at least I'm saying that I don't have control of you anymore. The Chashav Ki Bazet Tokela Makame Alav. Maybe it'll make it a little better for him. Kishi Gamera Davar Mitzido Lishalchan. Look, I decided. Hagam Shiyavo Haikov Mehem Ain Alavashbaz Davar. Now this last moment, now you're not leaving because of you, not because of me, Pyro says. He thinks he's going to get some um, Nechama and Rachmanis because of that. Maybe that's another idea of Kumutsu Mitochami. But again, the first two Pshatim are the Archaim Laila, that one word Laila in the Pshat of the Pasik. Maybe Pyro was trying to convince Moshe and Aaron to come to his palace, <coughs> even after he made Xerah not to come. Okay. One final thought for the evening, and that is, again, from Rabbi Sachs in his uh, Judaism's Life-Changing Ideas. 
Rizek points out that Moshe Rabbeinu gave a number of speeches to Bnei Yisrael in this week's parsha, and one would think he would talk about freedom. He would talk about what's it like to be a free person. But over and over again, first, Pasig Chafhei. What does he say? And we're familiar with these sukkim. When you come to the land, your children are going to ask you, what is this avoda? And you'll tell them what happened. You'll tell them what happened. Skip. Perak Yud Gimel. Pasaches. Towards the end of the parasha. Where the word Haggadah comes from. A couple of psukim later. Pasuk Yudalid. What's the emphasis? And we know this from Pesach. <coughs> Moshe Rabbeinu didn't talk to them about freedom and doing whatever you want and, and getting revenge from your uh, slave masters. He talks about telling the story. He talks about education and that parents have to tell their story to their children. Says Rabbi Sachs on the next page. Freedom is the work of a nation. Nation needs identity. Identity needs memory. And memory is encoded in the stories we tell. The most powerful link between the generations is the tale of those who came before us. A tale that becomes ours and that we hand on as a sacred lineage to those who will come after us. If a nation doesn't give off its story, then there is no nation. If a family doesn't give off its story, then there is no family. And he continues on the right side, again, not reading everything. Twice in the history of the West, this fact was forgotten or ignored or rebelled against. He talks about the Enlightenment. The Enlightenment was, though they felt that there were so many uh, wars and arguments because of religions, so forget identity. Forget identity of religion. You know, just let everybody, you know, be the same. Let us worship only the things that are universal. Reason, observation, philosophy, science. Let us have systems and not stories. But as we know, as he continues... That's not the way it went, and the world rebelled against such ideas. He says, nowadays, we have some of the opposite. We have, everybody can do whatever they want. There is no identity. Identities have become, on the last page he says, <coughs> identities have become mere masks. We wear temporarily and without commitment. Right? For large sections of society, marriage is an anachronism, parenthood delayed, community a faceless crowd. We have stories. Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, but they're not, they're not stories of identity. Today's hyper-individualism will not last. We cannot live without the stories that connect us to a past, a future, a larger group whose history and destiny we share. What makes Am Yisrael Am Yisrael? What did Moshe tell us again and again through Yitzhak Mitzrayim? Tell the story. Connect your children and your grandchildren to the wonderful, glorious past that your nation comes from. And that's what we do. And that's what we do every day to ourselves in Zechir Yitzhak Mitzrayim. That's what we do once a year to our children in the midst of Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. As we celebrate, enjoy Parsha's Bo Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, as we look forward towards the coming weeks of Kriyas Yamsuf, Maimon Harsinai, and the rest of Sefer Shmos. We'll stop here. Again, today's she was sponsored uh, by Arthur and Linda Cook and family. Um, we thank them for the sponsorship.